spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on autism, Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. Always, always, always the same person. But remember, you can also find me under the handle of The Brain Broad. So Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, also known as The Brain Broad. I don't change personalities. It's just a lot easier to remember. I'm always going to be about story. And we're going to talk story today, but we're going to talk story with lots of information. So I'm really, really excited because I've been trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying to get somebody to talk to me about hyperbaric oxygen therapy and autism. Now, I think there's a a lesson to be learned here. Even before we jump in and start talking to Mike Ryan, who, by the way, is today's guest. I'll tell you more about him in a minute. But before we even jump in and start doing that, I think the lesson is for me to share with you is that when you're trying very hard to get somebody to interview or get someone to give you answers, like when your child gets diagnosed and you're trying to get answers of what should I do next, and you're not getting what you're after, you get sort of a perverted or twisted version of reality from that. It makes you think that all those people are hiding stuff from you, right? <laughs> it makes you feel like, like nobody in, in the hyperbaric oxygen therapy world wants to talk to me, but that's actually not true. I just didn't ask the right people. They were all busy. My schedule, their schedule, it didn't match up. It's so easy for us to put a blanket of mythology over something and then call it a problem and I want you to be careful and cautious of that because as you move in the world of autism and try to help your child you are going to come up against all kinds of barricades all kinds of problems that are hard to solve and people not giving you the answers you want to hear don't paint the kettle black just go ahead and say okay maybe this person can't give me that answer right now and continue to seek and continue to seek and employ the answers that you do come across so this was my my thought to share because i did try to get a show on hyperbaric oxygen many times and it just kept falling through and it was starting to feel as if nobody wanted to talk to me about that and of course that's really not true at all um I'm sure there's many people that when they hear this, they're going to say, I would have done it. I would have done it, right? But Mike Ryan's the one that's going to do it today. So before we get to him, remember to stay to the very end of the show where I will do stories from the road. And try as I might, I'll come up with something that might make sense with whatever we brought up today. And if not, I'll just tell you a story. Okay, and I'm going to be the okay, 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 great guest giveaway once again because I just put Fix It in 5 up on Vimeo, but it has, it's going to be a $4.99 download. It's really exciting for me. I finally went, okay, never mind trying to make it a really big deal in Hulu and all those places because you're never going to get it done. Just put it on Vimeo and make it a, a small chart. So I'm really excited. I do have a code that I can give to the first person that emails me, and I'll tell you about that later. Okay, so we are going to talk about hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Today, we have a question starting out of the gate, and the question is, 
Um, let's see. Hmm. Does a person always benefit by having their brain oxygenated? And is that even what's happening? So I know that when people read a title about something, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, usually the last part is what stays in their head. So oxygen therapy is what most people think. So let's find out what it is and how it helps, and let's see if we can find a story or two about this. So that's the question. We're going to try and get the answer. We're going to be talking with Mike Ryan. He's a certified clinical hyperbaric oxygen therapy technologist. He's at the Hope Institute, or Hope Connection, sorry, I don't want to say it wrong, in Boston, working with families and children ever since 2007. He's a college grad and past secretary of UHMS. We're going to ask him what that means, Northeast Chapter. As one of the founders of HOPE, he, well, he's actually really hoping that he can get awareness of hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Uh, you know, two more families and children, he's, he's really kind of focused on that. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to give him an opportunity to do that, get those parents and children paying attention to this therapy and finding out about it because, He's going to talk to us. So let's start with a big hello, and thank you for being here, Mike. Yeah, thank you very much, Lynette and everybody. It's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you. And what the heck is UHMS? Uh, that is, well, it stands for Undersea Hyperbaric Medical Society, and it's the de facto trade group for anything to do with hyperbaric oxygen today. It's the recognized trade group. So any type of hyperbaric medicine, you'll you'll see a reference to 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 the uhms.org. It's a pretty valuable organization, and and they provide uh, research and medical grants to uh, folks that are interested in hyperbaric medicine. Uh, it's one of the one of a few, um, but I think it's probably the most recognizable one. And I, like you said, have been just the, the secretary of that uh, the Northeast chapter, where we try to. Uh, do some outreach and provide a sort of order to uh, folks that want to learn more about hyperbaric oxygen. Okay, so let me tell you what, what I I did do an interview on my other show. It's called The Brain Broad Builds a Brain, and there was a gentleman there who had a terrible accident when he was uh, he actually lost an arm and had a really bad accident when he was deep sea diving um, as a part of the Navy SEALs. And he ended up doing a lot of hyperbaric to help him because of the things that had happened to him and it was very beneficial to him and so my when I think of hyperbaric oxygen therapy before I got in the world of autism I knew of it as something that helped to heal wounds so um, is it's the same therapy is it can you tell us a little bit about what it is how it helps and how it applies to autism so what what it is it's it's well known there are 14 conditions that are that are approved by the FDA and hence reimbursable through insurance and one of those is is uh, certain aspects of wound care and wound healing and, and hard to heal wounds so you'll uh, you'll you'll hear of uh, hyperbaric oxygen being used for other things like carbon monoxide poisoning and all of our firemen go you know go into a chamber and you'll even see hyperbaric hyperbaric chambers in ambulances for stroke for the golden hour so that the folks with, who suffer a stroke immediately can be pulled and then uh, transported in an ambulance in a chamber and then transported from the ambulance to the hospital while in the chamber. And so it's very beneficial, but it's um, hyperbaric oxygen uh, for stroke is not an approved condition. It's similar to um, the way it's handled for autism, cerebral palsy, mitochondrial disease, 
it's it's just not a covered reimbursable condition. So it's so like an off-label usage of the therapy. Yes, it, yeah, it, it is exactly. And but uh, it it does depend. It also depends on the effort of the doctor to push it through as a reimbursable condition. So, for example, I have a story of my son. He's got ulcer, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's, and uh, we did. Uh, the doctor did go outside of his scope and, and suggested he use hyperbaric oxygen for that. And this is an MB at, at one of the larger hospitals in Boston, uh, and it was, and, and that's unheard of. But it, it really, it can't. Anything can be done. And I think hyperbaric oxygen overall is sort of like chiropractic therapy was in the 1970s. I think it's, it's just now becoming more and more uh, understood by doctors. You'll, you'll get a lot of doctors that just don't are not trained in it, and they some some do have a knee-jerk reaction, and they just um, they just they they will take the time to learn more about it, and that's what we do at Hope Connection. We try to uh, help doctors, help help families, and, and really get the word out. That's one of the things that well, I just want to pipe in there for a minute because one of the things that I find really challenging in the world of medicine is like, for example, in my course. Uh, we learned, speaking of chiropractic, we learned a lot about, uh, the, you know, looking up the studies and looking for proof of chiropractic, you know, evidence that it's got a lot of efficacy and essentially came down to say, you know, it's not very useful. But at the same time, simultaneous to that, you know, I'm working with people and myself, I had degenerative disc disease and, um, and I went to a chiropractor and he, you know, used the spine roller on my back and I went, oh my God, I know how to help myself. And, and, so lived experience is very often ignored when it doesn't show up correctly or isn't followed through properly with studies. We ignore the clinical evidence and the lived experience. And I have a real problem with that because we're trying to help people in the moment, not 10 years from now when all the studies are in. So that's why I like a story show because I, I really want to do that for people. So let's get there. Let's, let's talk about what hyperbaric oxygen therapy is and then tell us a story or two. Okay, well, sure. Um, so for me, in, in terms of the, the, child, the, the children and the families that we help on the spectrum, they find us, uh, first of all. They, don't, they aren't told about hyperbaric oxygen by, by most pra practitioners in medicine. They, they just are not told. So they end up finding us after uh, many trials and, and trying different things and spending uh, a lot of you know, money they don't have. And so they're grateful once they find us. And what, it, what we do basically a day in, in the life of a child uh, who comes to us is the person will uh, families will come into the the clinic and sit into a chamber and wear a hood for an hour and breathe oxygen while under pressure. So it's a very simplistic uh, process. Okay, help me help me here. So they're just wearing like yeah. a, a helmet, or are they getting into one of those bed things? Yeah, there there is well there, there there's a lot of um, confusion when people hear first of all it's not many people know about hyperbaric oxygen unfortunately and then second of all when they start talking about it there are hundreds of species of types of, of chambers so um, you might see the ones that they have say at the Mass Ioneer Clinic in Boston at the Norman Knight Center they are the clear seacrest uh, chambers where you're laying down and it's almost like being in a coffin and, and there's and, and those that's what scares scares folks um, but there are larger ones called multi-place chambers where many people can go go in there and it's sort of it's just like a room and you can sit down and you can watch a movie you can read you can you can lay down you can sit up it's it's up to you how you 
enjoy your time. And it's very simple. A lot of kids that come in, they, they call it a, a submarine or a, a spaceship, and they do have a, a, a hood, which is basically a, a see-through plastic helmet, and they put that on for one hour. That's the proto part of the protocol is to be on oxygen for one hour and then take it off after the hour. So they're getting delivered 100% oxygen in a in a helmet, and that's the delivery mechanism. And then after that, they you know they will uh, be taken back up to the surface. So things are when we talk about hyperbaric oxygen, it all came from the U.S. Navy, and that's where I came from. My experience as a deep sea diver, I I got out of deep sea diving and uh, came back up north to Massachusetts, and and really um, got involved with working with children and especially kids with brain injuries. So um, that's uh, what, it, what, it, what it really, what it 100% does, it helps with gut issues. And, and there are so many uh, different theories about, you know, do, do gut issues um, affect the brain? And, and my, you know, I personally believe, yes, they do. But if, if something, you know, if we're trying to help the brain, then why not try to help the entire body and help the gut? And that's what oxygen does. You just there's no way around it. So uh, hyperbaric oxygen works on all tissues, all cells of the body, and and so it's working the cells in the brain, the tissues in the brain, and increasing the blood flow in the brain. And it's also working the tissues in the feet and and the tissues in the gut. So uh, what it does, it, it it strengthens the immune system. And whether or not that's that's the reason why children with autism are benefiting, uh, we, we still don't know. There are studies that, that Dan Rosignol, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the Cleveland Clinic, the, the, that, you know, those are always um, really encouraging uh, studies, and, and that's very helpful for getting the word out. And so you're using pressure as well as oxygen. So what is the magic combination there? What's going on? Uh, so yes, yeah, so what it is is uh, you're, it's the perfusion of, of oxygen to the cells, to all the cells in the body um, that weren't getting it before. So we don't know. There, there are sometimes there are co-conditions along with, um, I guess, the general autism, autism diagnosis. There, there are other conditions that uh, are represented. So um, in terms of what is the mechanism <clears throat> that helps, we it's it's could be multi-pronged, but the um, uh, the way it works is that by applying pressure, you're increasing the uh, the ability of the cells to carry more blood, and the blood will carry the 100% oxygen. So you can't sort of you can't compare it to a nasal to bre- breathing oxygen at the surface with a nasal cannula. Um, it's just it's not even uh, in the same uh, universe. It's it, it's just very powerful. Uh, the the amount of oxygen saturation that you will give your cells in the body is about 800 times more than uh, you would you would receive at the surface. So it's definitely the combination of pressure. Hyper means uh, high, and baric means pressure. So it's high pressure oxygen, and it's a therapy that is you know if you do it um, either consecutively or if you think of it in terms of cumulative, um, it's it's pro- you know pretty much proven to be helpful. It's just you know we as a as a as a facility as me as a biased operator, I uh, can't really I guess suggest individuals you know try. I can suggest people to try it, 
but each person is different. Each person will react differently. Uh, but on, a, on, on average, um, what we try to do is have people use the same protocol of one hour uh, on oxygen at an atmosphere or a pressure of, of, say, 17 feet of salt water, or FSW, which is the same thing as 1.50 ATA. And that's really the the protocol, the standard protocol, and that, and you'll see that for uh, for different conditions, and it's um, and and that's one way that we can normalize all the all the data, so that if if all facilities are using that protocol and all doctors are using that protocol, it should be pretty easy to put together all the data and say this is really, you know, these are comparative studies, and and the studies are showing that. Um, that there's there's definitely a benefit, and that's what Dr. Rosenthal had done uh, in his study. Okay, so now before we get into a story, I want a story, but <laughs> before we get there, I have a question. So I know that um, too much oxygen can be a problem. Like I went to the, at one point I had too much oxygen in my body, and it was making my heart race way too fast, and it was as a result of uh, lung surgery that I'd had, and so I had a spasm going on in the diaphragm, which was causing me to hyperventilate. Mm-hmm. Well, what that then did was um, it over-oxygenated my blood, and it made it so that it was the most amazing experience. I have to describe this to you. It was like, I've never experienced anything like it. If, I literally experienced my hands as if they were claws, and they felt, I can't, I, I'm going to try. They, mm-hmm. they sort of squeezed together. I had no control of them, and they felt like they were way bigger than they were, and they looked to my eyes as if they had turned into claws. And it was just as a result of too much oxygen in my blood. And as soon as I started holding my breath, and they, despite the, the spasming and all that, no doctor told me what to do either. Somebody was saying, oh, too much oxygen. I thought, well, I'll hold my breath. That ought to help. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually we got to where, you know, we were making me breathe more carbon dioxide and it stabilized. So I know that from experience, but I also know that, um, you know, too much oxygen can cause damage to neurons and that sort of thing. So what is your test? How do you know when you're with the hyperbaric uh, protocols? What, what's the test that says this is the right amount of oxygen, this is the right amount of pressure? Um, what's the decider on that? Are they just sort of pre-existing protocols? Is there uh, um, do you check yeah, the it, oxygen levels? What do you do? Yeah, we do check the oxygen levels using a T-comp. T-comp is a, is a type of test where you, 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 you basically are monitoring the oxygen levels and making sure that um, they're within the normal bounds of 98%, um, but you want to monitor those. But with the protocol that we use, the standard protocol is 1.50 ATA for one hour. Um, there's always the risk of, it's sort of like, uh, so there's always the risk, the potential risk of uh, oxygen toxicity, and that's not necessarily something that you're going to see at 1.50 ATA for one hour. So it's a very safe and conservative um, protocol, and the doctor, all, all, all doctors' offices that do this, independent facilities, will uh, will monitor the patient's um, oxygen levels. And that's one of, I guess, the, it's worth mentioning, but it, I guess for for what we're doing and talking about for autism, um, no child's 
should be going below 1.50 ATA or uh, atmosphere is absolute. And you want to make sure that um, when you go to a facility that you're only going to that level. Um, there's no reason to go any deeper. There's just, I mean, studies have shown that there's the benefit for autoimmune conditions to go below uh, 1.50 ATA is it's not, um, you're not getting a lot out of that, but you're increasing the risk. So, Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it, how people, they think more is better. And there is always uh, that sure. sweet spot, that correct balance of things, right? Yes, and that's always the, we push back a lot in, in my discussions, in my life uh, uh, as a chamber operator. Um, doctors that aren't educated um, will imply that more is better. And it's a it's an industry wide type of education that needs to to be happening, and and that's what we're we're trying we're always doing that in our day to day jobs. We're trying to educate everybody, um, and try you know the, the science is continuing. Studies are still coming out are coming out and being done, and more like you said, more more studies are coming out. But we really don't want to wait another 20 years before right. uh, some studies come out that could have helped. You know, a kid enjoy his, his life a lot better. Right, um, right, and, uh, right, exactly. So that, I mean, we want to help now while we're figuring out the studies. So meanwhile, um, question, what about the, all the home units that are out there? Is Given what we just were talking about, is there any danger in that? Can those people feel comfortable with their home units? Is there something yeah. they should watch for? Yeah, it's sort of like what you said. Well, well, oxygen overall is a good thing. It, 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 you're not going to get, you're not going to even come close to the risk of oxygen toxicity with a home unit. Um, you're just, you're just not really, it's, you're not really getting a, it's not, it's not like the chambers you'll see it, um, at, like our facility at Hope Connection. You won't see, the home units are the portable, the plastic, Bubbles that inflate, and they're they're called inflatable units. But they they have an oxygen generator, and that generator generates um, less than 100% oxygen. It's more like 20% uh, oxygen. It's not the uh, so it's 20% supplemental oxygen. Uh, it's just incapable of of going to beyond 1.30 atmospheres. So um, the home units are good. If you can, if that's all you can get to, if that's all you can uh, because of geographic location, you can't get to uh, a, a facility that that offers the the steel chambers that are can go, you know, to 1.50 ATA, and they're pumping it with 100% hospital grade oxygen. Then that's better than than doing nothing. So the home units um, are definitely something to look at, but they're not necessarily the you know, may not be the best value for your time um, if if you're close to a, uh, a, a, a fixed unit at a facility. Got but, it, uh, got it. But, but like you said, for some people, I mean, if you're living up in Northwest Territories and you have an autistic child and you can get your hands on a, a home unit, then that's better than not doing it at all, right? Yeah, absolutely, and that and that also is part of the problem. Is is we we want to do a standardized data. So when you have these other units, um, we get into there's a lot of confusion as to what is what is um, uh, light oxygen therapy. Uh, meaning, um, if you're if you're just if you're using a home unit, you're not really it, that's not really that comparable to 
uh, a steel unit. And so you can't really compare the two and you can't compare the results. So you have to keep that in mind. So when people talk about, um, when they talk about hyperbaric oxygen, some of them are just, are, are only thinking about the home units. And those home units, um, can only provide mild hyperbaric. And, and that's just, um, different than regular hyperbaric oxygen. So there's, there's a lot to this. It's, uh, it's definitely worth, um, researching and, and always ask questions. Anybody in the, in the field should be able to point you in the right direction. There's just a lot of questions. There, there are just different thoughts, different philosophies from different doctor's offices, different protocols, but um, you, what you want to do is stick to the main one, which is 1.50 ATA for one hour, and don't go any, any deeper than that. Okay. So we're going to do a, a quick break, but I want to ask one more question. I have so many questions. Um, I'm going to ask one more question and then do my little break, and then we're going to ask you to give us a little case study story. So, all right. Um, one of the things I'm wondering about is how will parents know, or how do you know when you've gotten to the end of a series or when you've, a child has benefited to the degree they should benefit, or maybe it's gone from positive to negative? Like what is the, what is the rhythm of number of sessions, the template for knowing when to stop? Uh, that's a great question. <clears throat> um, you can't really, again, answer answer that question for all people because everybody is different. Everybody's on a, on a different um, part of this, the, the, the scale and experiences different symptoms or different, can, different uh, behaviors. So some folks might have real uh, problems with candida and yeast infection and and they might be doing other protocols. So what you want to do is treat it on a case-by-case -case basis. But what you'll often hear is that uh, 40, 40 hours was really, you know, uh, four years ago, that was the, the baseline. That was the minimum number of hours that you should expect to do if, if you're autistic and you want to see, you want to be at a point where you can reassess. And today that's 120 hours. So it's gone, and that's just more or less based on a consensus by, by folks that are families that are doing hyperbaric oxygen. So you really, uh, it's a tough question because this is off-label. It's, it's paid, you know, not through insurance. It's not reimbursable. The, you know, the two things are time and money. Uh, can, a, can a working parent uh, continue? to go to, you know, bring their child to the clinic uh, on a scheduled basis over a long period of time. And what happens in reality is that the parent basically is faced with making a decision, you know, is it working or isn't it working? And, and we can help sort of narrow the, uh, the ballpark by saying, well, the, the reassess point for autism in particular should be between 40 and 120 hours, and, and you really... You know, you have to, depending on where your child is at, you really have to pick a number and then pick that point and, and then use that point as a reassessment point. Uh, but it, it comes down to financial and it comes down to can you keep the schedule up. Um, so we, we really, what I try to do is, is let parents know that it's not a race. You don't have to come every single day like the studies will say. You don't have to come five days a week. You, we have folks that come once a week one hour a week, and then it's a long-term thing, and it's part of their life. And you know, there's there's no real answer to that question. It's I wish I, for for this, I wish there were a um, a template that you could follow. But 
that again that comes down to is everybody using the same type of chamber are they using a steel chamber or are they using a home unit and that's why home units you know are are they're they're there at your home and you don't have to travel to the clinic and you just you want to try to do this you want to try to uh, keep it a part of your life when you're doing it. But the biggest thing is to, is to create an, a point where you can assess and, uh, and then you can say, well, you know, it's, it's actually working. I'm seeing improvement. And what I always tell people is keep a journal and don't tell anybody, don't tell your caregivers or, you know, your, your son or daughter's teacher that you're doing hyperbaric. Let them tell you that they're seeing a difference. And that's really, it, it's a lot of, Gut instinct, and um, unfortunately for autism, there's no real test to tell you black or white that it's that it's working or it did work. With a brain injury, you can see the the spec scan images; those are very helpful. But um, for autism, it's a little different. Um, it's constant reassessment. Okay, so that's wonderful. Uh, when we come back from break, I want to hear a story about somebody. All right, you're listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. Today's a wonderful day. All days are wonderful days. Today's especially wonderful because I finally got to have an interview subject who's going to talk to us about hyperbaric oxygen therapy. In fact, he already is. I hope you've been listening to the whole thing. It's very informative. Um, stay with me. As soon as I say goodbye to him, we're going to do okay, 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 the great guest giveaway. And I'm going to give away an opportunity to watch episode one of Fix It in Five with no commercials, nothing on Vimeo. So it's real exciting. And then, of course, as always, don't freeze from the road. All right, we are back with Mike Ryan of the Boston Connection Hyperbaric Oxygen Therapy Technologist, so clinical hyperbaric oxygen therapy technologist. So tell us, Mike, tell a story. Let's put a picture for people. Sure. Well, there, we have a lot of stories. We, we, we work with a lot of families and uh, folks w- with autism and also with other conditions, but the the folks that I guess I'm thinking about are just local families that there are four you know four children in the family and uh, one of them is uh, diagnosed with autism and we get to see that person pretty much every week and the we have a lot of families like that so what we're seeing and, and hearing and similar to, to what I just said about the uh, you know, not telling your practitioner, not telling your teacher um, that not necessarily your your medical practitioner, but say your therapist. Let, let them see the changes in the child and tell you. And that's that's what we've seen time and time again. Um, we've you know, I'm thinking of a, a boy named Joey. He's just lives up the street in uh, in our North Reading neighborhood, just outside of Boston, and he. You know, his parents came to us. His his mother is is actually in the medical uh, field, and she was a skeptic. And when you know they see the changes um, over time, what I call surprises, when they see these surprises over time, uh, we love to hear about those changes. And sometimes they uh, they do not tell their even their family members, what they're doing with the hyperbaric oxygen. And so we'll have folks come in, like Joey's parents, and um, we'll, we'll hear things like, 
you know, his his teacher is is amazed that you know his his eye contact has improved, his ability to to uh, to speak you know, clearly and look at you is is improved, his behavior he's not, you know, he's not stimming as much, and all of that has changed over time. And again, this is the hard part where you can't say, I guess. Uh, Conclusively, that it's all due to hyperbaric oxygen. But when hyperbaric oxygen is combined with with other therapies, ABA therapy, uh, any other uh, type of cognitive therapy, it it really helps improve the child. It keeps it's sort of like hyperbaric oxygen is helping on so many fronts on the autoimmune side, but also with behaviors and and especially the gut. The gut will uh, be totally improved, 100% improved. And that's something that we can attribute to hyperbaric oxygen. But it's really observation that that you know when we hear feedback, that positive feedback, it's uh, it keeps us all going, and it 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 just um, it, it brings in other families and and gives them hope. So um, you know it's great to see people, families that were once skeptical, like uh, like Joey's parents. One one was skeptic, was a skeptic, an MD, and the other uh, wanted to give it a shot, and thank God, you know, we have people that have an open mind and and can give it a shot, and you know, put the time and and do it, do do what they can for their child. And I'm I'm just we, we're always thanked for for being, you know, in this in this type of uh, you know uh, this niche that we're in. So uh, it's really great. All right. Well, <clears throat> how do people if they want to? give it a shot, and if they want to give it a chance and go the distance and they're in your vicinity, how do they get a hold of you and and where are you located and anything that you want to share? Okay, sure. Uh, we're, at, we're on the web at hope-connection.com, and we're also on Facebook at uh, HBOT Boston. So if you do facebook.com slash HBOT Boston, uh, you'll come up with, with Oxygen is Good, which is our, our Facebook page. And I'm available personally. Uh, I talk to folks all over the country and the world at different uh, via email at uh, mike at hope-connection.com or my phone. My cell phone is 978-290-3472. And we're, we're located just outside of Boston. So we do have folks that, for example, uh, I was just with somebody today from Arizona and actually uh, a medical doctor. Um, and... Uh, he flew in from Arizona for a business trip, and he was here for the week. And that person really just um, had a, uh, you know, had five good days of excellent hyperbaric oxygen therapy for a, for another condition. And oh, wonderful! So you'll do it like a um, like an intensive if necessary. Yeah, I mean, we we actually, as a provider of hyperbaric oxygen therapy, we're um, we're here for for everybody. We're 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 here to work with doctors, to help doctors, to educate doctors, and to work with um, the parents and adults that know about us. And uh, we're we're really you know we're we're just spreading the word. And I think this is a great time for hyperbaric oxygen in in America, basically. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Um, this is just your last minute to share any thoughts that you think uh, will really benefit people out there. Having seen so many people come and go through your your clinic, what do you think is maybe the 
greatest word of uh, the you know the the message you can give people to keep them going because this is a difficult thing to have children with it autism. Is, it, yeah, my heart goes out to all parents um, who who we end up meeting. I know financially and and time wise, it's very difficult to to find uh, something that you know works, but you just you know you, you it really comes down to constant monitoring and assessing and and trying to figure out how you're going to make it happen. And um, one of our, you know, one of one of our folks that always comes to mind is Chelsea. She's a uh, daughter of a shaken baby syndrome uh, uh, parent, and she came to us nine years after the event, and she was diagnosed with with uh, an optic brain injury at uh, ten months old. And so for those nine years, she, nobody had told her about hyperbaric oxygen. And so when her mom came to us, it was, um, she, she saw the improvements right away and she was crying. And we, you know, um, it's just amazing that we can, you know, what we have here can change the lives of so many people, whether it's due to cognitive issues or autoimmune. And it's just such an easy, it's, it's non-invasive, it's, uh, it's good for the body. Uh, too much oxygen could be toxic at some point, but so can water, uh, you know, so. Right, exactly, can, exactly. Well, you know, it's, but it's, it's a, always but, the sweet balance of life, right? It is, exactly. And it, anything and everything in moderation, and that's what we, we always convey. And, uh, we're just grateful to, to meet the people that we've met. We've met. The families are just incredible. So, uh, we're always here. Just uh, feel free to send me an email at mike at hope-connection, hope-connection.com anytime, and uh, we'll, if we don't know the answer, or if we can't help you help you ourselves directly, we'll we'll point you to the right doctor or to the right person that we think could help you, even other parents. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here and giving up your time. We really appreciate it and your brilliance. And uh, that was Mike Ryan of Hope Connection in Boston, the hyperbaric oxygen therapy technician. And now it is time for OK, 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 the greatest guest giveaway, which is me, because today I'm so excited about this. OK, let me give you a little backstory here. So Fix It in Five, as I've mentioned before, is I take cameras along with me. I go to work. You get to see the changes unfold. I teach you what I'm doing, what I'm observing. I teach the family. It's really awesome, and it's on the Autism Channel. But you have to have a Roku box or a Panasonic Smart TV to, to see it. And it's full of commercials, which I don't have the opportunity to approve or disapprove, and it's like in every six-minute or nine-minute chunk, which I think kills the flow. So, <laughs> So I've been wanting to put it up and make it more available to people. At one point, we sold it as a collector's edition. Uh, so there's five, over, over an hour, they're like 65-minute episodes. So you're looking at like almost five and a half hours of TV with me explaining, with you watching, um, with a family in Uganda. I'm in the middle of editing the next family. And in fact, on Sunday, I leave to do the follow-up show, piece of the show with the third family. So it's an ongoing adventure. I finally got it available on Vimeo for people to purchase at $4.99. Now, understand it's, it's available for free if you can go to the Autism Channel. If you want to purchase it without commercials or anything in, a, in its total flow, then that's $4.99 per episode, and that's going to be on Vimeo, and that will be available starting next month. And the lucky person who emails me first gets a, a code to watch one free. 
Um, and then there'll also be the collector's edition, which is going to be more expensive because you'll have the DVD and then you can watch it over and over and over again and say, what did she say there? Um, and so that's kind of the advantage to the DVDs. And they have cost me a fortune, and we do sleep on mattresses on the floor because I'm so dedicated to getting this done. So please, don't, don't be offended if it's just barely under $200 for the collector's edition. There are other ways to see it. I'm making sure it's available in its many forms. However... Whoever sends me the first email at mom, number four, evermore, at juno.com, juno, J-U-N-O, dot com, and puts in the subject line, fix it in five free, I'll send you a code so you can watch episode one for free, okay? Um, one time. If you want to watch it repeatedly, I advise you to buy the DVDs, and we'll also have that available soon on the website. Um, that's it. That's it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to finally have figured out how to do this. I've given up on the whole Hulu and, and Netflix and just gone, put it where people can get it. So that's what we're doing. That, that's what I'm sticking to, and I hope somebody takes advantage of it. And now it is time for Stories from the Road. So while Mike was talking, I was thinking and thinking, what, what would be the right story to share? or the right way to close the show, the right way to sort of encapsulate everything. So I've seen, I've seen real, real benefits with hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and I've seen toxicity from hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And in the end, it's, it's always the same. It's the parent's job. You are the expert. You are the one that will say, gee, we were getting benefits, now we're not stop. That doesn't mean you don't go back. Sometimes the brain and the body need time to assimilate the changes. And so what I was trying to figure out is, what do I want to share with you here? How do I want to guide you? Because I'm always saying, it's your job. It's your job. It's your job. But I want to guide you. And I think that the the thing that might really help you sort of came up in the interview. And that's something that I learned in class. So I'm, I'm going to school, right? And I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm going to conferences, and I'm helping my kids, and my kids grow up, and they get off the spectrum, and I've got one that doesn't. So I have the unique advantage of having been Asperger's and raised all these different levels of autism and see who responds to what and who doesn't. And I have that unique advantage. And grandkids, two grandkids we helped, they're off the spectrum. So I've got the stubborn one, and I'm like, what makes the difference? Why is one you know, more challenged than another, slower to respond, all of that? And so I have a unique advantage, um, and I'm aware of many of the answers that are out there that actually help, but I'm also aware of something else. And that was in class we learned this thing, and I remember having a eureka moment. And they said, you know, in the old days, they just got the doctor's to distract the patient so the body would heal itself. Now, we know that the body is set up to heal itself. We know that the brain is set up to heal itself. I mean, the eye is amazing. The liver is amazing. The brain, neurogenesis, it's amazing. Your fingers are amazing. Like, they they regenerate. They fix themselves. We're set up to heal. We're not set up to be sick. And if we can get our frontal lobes out of the way and stop telling ourselves we're sick, most of the time we do get better. And then along comes autism, right, this really challenging disorder where that just doesn't seem to be true anymore. But in fact, it, it really is. 
not wholly. There's more to it. But a lot of the time when I go into the homes, the main thing is to break apart all the feedback loops that are reinforcing the disorder. You know, the people that are saying, oh, he doesn't talk, so the child says, oh, I was going to talk, but I better not. And, and all of that stuff that keeps happening and happening and happening. So when I heard that, and I got this eureka moment, and I sort of saw the ways in which that plays out everywhere, I was still left with, yeah, but what about all my different kids in all their different places? And what about all the different people I work with all over the world? There's something here that just getting out of our own way doesn't fix. What will work on that? What's the common denominator? And the common denominator that I've observed is that almost all the therapies, unless it's snake oil, almost all the therapies have strong value. And at certain places on the spectrum, my kids were going to get better as long as I stayed out of the way and just encouraged positive thinking and encouraged and, and, and celebrated all of, their, you know, all of their achievements, basically. But if you get farther down on the spectrum, that wasn't enough. And the stuff that worked often only worked for a while. So if your child needs oxygen therapy, give it to them. And if it's working, you stay at it. And when it stops working, you've hit that point and you stop. And that's it. Now, the one thing that tops that is everything should be considered going into peak performance. So when it comes to healing, you start with your illness, you get a little better, you get a little better, you get a little better. And then you're sort of in the midpoint. Now you have a chance to continue forward and you can go into peak performance. And that's why when we were in, in you know, conferences and they said, well, with ADHD, it takes, I do neurofeedback. So, you know, they'd say, with ADHD, it takes 20, 40, or 60 sessions done. And, of course, that wasn't always true, but it was kind of a, a, a session number we could give parents, a session number we could give other clinicians to have a sense of how long it should take. When it came to autism, people were doing thousands of sessions. And what they discovered is the lower on the spectrum, the longer you do it, the longer you do it, the higher up you get, the more, the more you correct. It's just an ongoing thing. So if you're getting benefit, just keep going. It's not mysterious. My one son that was 23 before I found neurofeedback, the only thing he responded to, he still does neurofeedback. Not every day, not even every week. But whenever he starts to go sort of down instead of up in his development, we do more sessions. So that's how you can think about it. When they go down instead of up, you either go back to something you used to do that helped or you try something new. Good luck. Have a wonderful life adventuring through this world of autism. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. This is a new spin on autism answers. And thank you for being here, because without you, I'd just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. 
You can also click through to our Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of A New Spin on Autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear you.